smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hello and welcome to mint i am nasreen sultana i am an assistant editor at mint i keep a close track of all that is happening in the world of stock markets you are listening to all things markets where i speak to experts analyzing the big trends moving the stock markets stricter restrictions imposed by states to check the spread of covid-19 has hurt mobility in the country and various assessments indicate that could deepen the economic impact in the coming weeks Mobility indicators such as Google Retail and Recreation and Apple Driving Index have dropped significantly in the past weeks after the second wave intensified in the country. So, the question is what will be its economic and India sovereign rating implications? And will the 2021 budget proposal targets be pushed further due to the second wave? To discuss that, I am in conversation with Arudip Nandi, economist Nomura Hi Aurudeep welcome to the show Hi Nasreen thanks a lot So Aurudeep we are in the middle of the second wave and the economic condition in some states especially with the states which are in complete lockdown has not been good the data the uh, high frequency data suggests that there is an impact of the lockdown so what is your assessment of the second wave on the economy Um so Nasreen the way one can think about this is um is sort of to look at things that are going to be obviously impacted and things that uh, are going to be indirectly impacted now the obvious impact of any lockdown like situation is essentially um, that your mobility indicators start to show declines and we've been seeing this pretty much across the board so google retail recreation uh, workplace mobility has come down sharply we've seen this for apple driving index we've seen this for traffic congestion indices we've seen this for uh, passenger traffic in railways uh, these have come down quite sharply uh, however the the quantum of decline is lesser than what we had observed during the first wave so this is the mobility side and this this is predictably going to be hit right because if you are imposing lockdowns mobility better come down or else the lockdowns aren't really working um and then there is the broader side of it right which is um, the non mobility side so the the concern that one has is that um, once you are clamping down the mobility of people to move around the country um, is that leading to a drawdown in economic activity and the answer to that is that for quite some time uh, broader economic activity remained somewhat resilient now we are starting to see some signs of um, of weakness so you know one looks at uh, power demand for instance and power demand has been um, sort of contracting week on week um, for the past 3 weeks uh, gst eway bills have been coming down um, railway freight 
which is a decent indicator of um, of broader economic activity in the country has been slowly declining so we are finding that uh, that the impact of the second wave the hit to mobility is slowly ricocheting its way across uh, other parts of the economy now um, our own um, uh, nomura india business resumption index um, has essentially fallen around um, um, ar- ar- close to 35 percentage points below pre pandemic uh, levels so you know, there's been a sharp fall one um, it's been led by the mobility side two and three it is spreading to the rest of the economy there's just one thing i want to add uh, before i um, you know set the ball back to you which is that you know we are certainly not exclusive when it comes to uh, a second wave second waves third waves uh, have happened in other countries are happening in other countries now what can we learn from other countries that have gone through a second wave and you know what, you know if one looks at the experience of countries like germany italy france uh, malaysia um, what what we find is that yes mobility gets compromised um, because of of the second wave between uh, the sequential gdp growth against the drop in mobility is much lesser in the case of second wave than the first wave right and that essentially reflects a more pandemic resilient economy so you have an economy where um, where supply chains are more resilient where people consumers and firms have already had the experience of living through the first wave so the the extent to which a drawdown in mobility impacts broader sequential growth uh, it it's much lesser in the second wave than the first wave which is why you know one would think that um, although yes there is an economic hit that's going to be inevitable because of this um, it's likely to be much lesser than what we experienced during the first wave uh but considering that uh, there is a vaccination process happening now compared to last year and uh, there is localized lockdowns unlike na- the last year's uh, nationwide lockdown as you mentioned so where does the growth forecast uh, uh, stand as far as nomura goes so we have um, recently downgraded our growth projection to 10.8% for fy22 versus 12.6% earlier so before the second wave struck we were um, um, our forecast was around 13.5% so we were above consensus um, then we brought it down to 12.6% and then when we started looking more closely at um, how uh, the trajectory was getting impacted by the second wave we brought it further down so essentially for um, the the second quarter of the calendar uh year so you know april to june our estimate is uh around 28.8% year on year uh now this number obviously is going to be inflated high because april last year saw the first lockdown so it, it has a very favorable base but essentially what we are building in is uh, a a sort of drag a a loss of sequential momentum of around 3.8 percentage um, q on q seasonally adjusted so we are building in a drag 
happened in um, in Q2, and then you know in Q3 and Q4, uh, the momentum starts building up. So as 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 lockdowns relax, as vaccination pace picks up, uh, you'll again see um, uh, sort of a return of growth uh, into the system. Um, just to add out here, Nasreen, um, you know all this discussion that we are having now. It, it's related to the short term. So at the core of our focus is, is the assumption or is the inherent expectation that the impact of um, the second wave is localized to the second quarter of the calendar year, um, to the quarter where we are in. Uh, beyond that, um, actually, there are a number of... Um, um, uh, what we call tailwinds uh, to the growth story, right? Um, so one, you've got, this is a year of stellar global growth, right? Um, uh, in the US, we've already seen this uh, um, in terms of stellar GDP growth um, um, outlooks. We've seen this for in China, um, in a number of parts of the world. In fact, there are supply side constraints that are now emerging. So this is a this is a year of you know breakneck um, um, global growth, and typically global growth cycles and Indian growth cycles, um, um, they co move. So it's very rare to find a year where uh, you know global growth is doing badly and India's growth is doing well or vice versa. Um, so one, you know, you've got pretty strong global growth uh, coming in. So that will help the export cycle. It will help the investment cycle. Um, also, uh, the RBI has been quite aggressive in terms of easing financial conditions. So there is a lagged impact of that that will eventually come through, especially for the interest sensitive sectors like real estate, construction, etc. Um, also, one of the things that we noticed during the first wave is that household savings, precautionary savings shot up. And what we've been seeing over, um, over the past few quarters is that households have essentially dipped into these record high savings um, and 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 they are now in the process of kind of dispensing it right now what the second wave might do is interrupt this process it may cause households to again build up some savings but the point is that this this saving that sort of happens um, along with the fact and this is something which the rbi had flagged in one of its recent reports is that the 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 non-financial corporate savings have also picked up so that kind of gives you some kind of uh, ammunition to uh, once once the economy sort of is normalized. So from a medium term growth perspective, we still believe that uh, the growth drivers are there. Um, it's just that we need to deal with the second wave before those growth drivers can get activated. Hmm. I understand there are uh, growth drivers, but uh, at the same time, we are also in the middle of a health crisis. So how does the uh, the FISC look uh, like at the moment? Because as we began the year, uh, the budget proposals had a lot of uh, economic boosters, starting with your CAPEX expenditure uh, by the government. So uh, have you done any calculation on the FISC? And basically, uh, what will be the government's uh, if there will be for uh, any delay in the government spending altogether. So, um, 
so that's a very good question and it's it, it there's there's a kind of there are lots of nuances here to take into account right so uh, the government has um has a fiscal deficit uh, target of around 6.8% of gdp for fy22 um now the question is you know is it going to be is that jeopardized now um there are three ways in which um what's going at this point will impact fiscal one is uh, what happens to gdp growth right what happens to nominal growth uh, will that impact uh, second you've got well you know is it going to hit related to that is it going to hit revenues and three um are you going to overspend because of um, the second wave and which will throw your calculations you know off balance now uh, the government to its credit in the budget uh, has a relatively conservative um, uh, nominal growth assumption so um, the government has uh, around uh, 14% also uh, nominal growth now even with the kind of uh, it has 14.4% in fact to be precise um now our projection if if our projection of real gdp growth is around um 10.8% right now this is going to be a year where your inflation is going to be high so if if one takes the inflation impact into account so nominal is real plus the gdp deflator you know it seems that the government's growth assumption even with the second wave um seems to be fine you know it doesn't seem to be a case where there should be a negative shock from there in terms of revenues sure this this quarter is likely um to probably see a, a fall in revenues uh, but then again once the economy starts picking up recovering uh, you should get uh, some kind of boost um, back in revenues okay so far uh, the rbi has been quite accommodative in its stance uh, going forward uh, with uh, crude and commodity related inflation uh, getting higher i'm talking with the global inflation as well uh, where do you see rbi's stance going forward uh, both in the interest rates and its uh, outlook so um, so i mean this is this is a, this is a very valid concern right because on one side you have second wave and on you've got growth concerns and um, obviously um, the rbi um, um, would want to be sympathetic to these growth issues and they have been that right so um, um, the the latest mpc minutes um, has essentially um, seen the rbi sort of um you know uh, redoubling its message that all the three levers rates forward guidance liquidity remains in easy position um the governor has said that he is uh, keenly focused towards keeping yields under control by keeping the yield curve under control um and that um, you know the focus remains uh, financial conditions remaining easy for a growth recovery now the obviously the what we think of the rbi next is closely related to what we think on will happen to growth now if we are correct about our growth assumption which is that uh, this is a localized uh, problem in q2 of the calendar year and you know come q3 come q4 we'll again see growth um, sort of pick up right um, so if that 
happen. So once once growth normalizes, ideally so should policy, especially in, in a situation where inflation risks are um, uh, are tending on the upside, right? So um, so the August policy meeting is going to be a little tricky, right? Because one of the things that the RBI is going to do is sort of keenly watch the the uh, the economic data that comes out in April and May to see how how well or how badly the economy has weathered uh, the pandemic uh, resurgence. Uh, but you know, once once it's convinced that that growth is making a recovery. Uh, towards the end of the year, once it's convinced that all right, vaccination is picking up, um, the RBI might, you know, choose to normalize um, in order to sort of now focus more on the elevated um, uh, inflationary risk. So currently, we we believe that the RBI for now is going to remain accommodative, um, is going to actively you know, manage bond deals. Um, so that theme sort of remains in the next three to four months. But um, but beyond that, um, I, we we do expect that um, there will be a reverse repo um, rate hike and a change of stance from um, accommodative to neutral um, towards uh, in in Q4 um, of the calendar year. So um, the the quarter ending. December and then for um, the first half of the calendar year 2022 we have penciled in uh, uh, rate hikes of cumulatively 50 basis points okay now i know that uh, you all have a growth uh, forecast uh, i mean a firm growth forecast uh, for the rest of the quarters of this uh, calendar year uh, but uh, what what is your uh, uh, what is your understanding of the sovereign rating? Um, I, I also know that S&P has uh, come out and said that the, the rating on India is going to be as it is for the next two years. But if at all, uh, I'm talking about the tailwinds, if at all the there, are, there is a subsequent third wave as, to, as it has been, uh, there are conversations about the third wave. And uh, of course, there is a shortage of vaccine. Now, these are two big challenges for the economy. Now, if this these two uh, challenges have to be have to pan out, you think India's sovereign rating there could be any downgrade? So, really, the key before even before the second wave struck, right? So the key uncertainty that came from uh, this, this the fiscally activist budget that we had was that uh, that you know how would rating agencies react to this because you have debt to gdp ratio which is moving to around um, to a shade above 90% of gdp um, uh, so you know how would how how would rating agencies react to that now the sort of um, the big gamble so to speak that goes with elevated fiscal deficit, that goes with elevated debt to GDP ratios the way we have in India, is that um, we are going to deliver enough growth to make the debt sustainability work, right? So that's sort of the, the gamble that comes in. Uh, now, so far, it seems to suggest um, at least the, the kind of messaging that we've got from rating agencies is that um, one, you know, they've internalized the the sort of fiscal deficit spike, right? So even Fitch, while it kept, while it reaffirmed 
India's uh, rating at triple B minus um, at with negative outlook. Um, the the fiscal projection was which they said suggested that it would be difficult for India to you know bring down its debt to GDP ratio sharply from the elevated levels that it is currently. But you know the way the only way in which this sort of plateaus of is brought down um, is that growth kind of a you don't of course you know overspill on the fiscal side and b um, on the the medium term growth uh, prospects remain stable now on the medium term growth prospects you know we would argue um, that they are still there i mean uh, they they aren't going anywhere see all of this which you know what you're talking of which is second wave third wave etc all of these are um, so to speak artificial constraints on growth right so it's it's like you you have a spring and you've kind of recoiled it back because you think that it's not this is not the right time for the spring to to work but the moment you let loose of that spring that spring will again come out right and it will get back the momentum so um, you know whenever you bring this down there's so even if there is a third wave there's going to be again a pent up demand that kind of picks up after the third wave passes so definitely um, you know there is a concern on growth right and um, if indeed vaccination doesn't pick up if indeed you have a situation where um, uh, where a third wave comes in and there's further knock to growth there is a concern no doubt um, but the medium term uh, growth uh, tailwinds are still pretty much there and i think the way a rating agency will approach ratings is to always have a medium term outlook picture um, in which case you know the the government has the undertaken reforms in the in the past year or two um in which case you've got um sort of the broader growth drivers intact so as long as rating agencies believe that medium term growth outlook is fine they would believe that the medium term debt outlook is also going to remain somewhat stable so as of now um you know we believe that rating agencies will probably be more in a status quo um uh, wait and watch mode uh before pulling the trigger on any downgrade okay all right so on that note aurudeep thanks a lot for those insights and data crunch that you have done for us uh thanks a lot for giving your time and we wish you that you stay safe thanks a lot thanks a lot likewise nasreen it's a pleasure talking to you thank you so much thanks For feedback you can write to me at nasreen.s@lifemin.com or you can reach out to me on Twitter at nasreen story you can also reach out to us at ht smartcast we are present on Facebook Twitter and Instagram and to listen to more podcasts like this you need to log on to www.htsmartcast.com This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.